Hi, this is Ashley Chalk, Vice President of Business Development with Chip Ganassi Racing, and this is one-on-one -on -one with ABC Partners. This is Dave Almy of ADC Partners, and if it's a sports and entertainment property, chances are this episode's guest has probably sold a partnership for it. Ashley Chalk is the VP of Business Development for Chip Ganassi Racing, and she's been developing corporate partnerships for all kinds of organizations over her 20-year career. You name it, she's sold it. Minor League Baseball, Legoland, Disney on Ice, Ringling Brothers, Barnum & Bailey Circus, and now 14-time champion Chip Ganassi Racing. We talk about Ashley's development as a sales professional, what she sees as her essential skills, and why a quick no is better than a thousand maybes. We also cover the impact of the Netflix series Drive to Survive not just on F1, but on all of motorsports, and why she's so bullish on the growing opportunities for women in racing. Lastly, she also shares a little bit about an unfortunate encounter with a ghost pepper. Thanks for listening. Ashley Chalk, thanks so much for joining on the podcast. And I'm going to jump right into it. The you know you started this sort of long and illustrious career in sports and entertainment. I mean, you, you took two internships, right? You, you for Disney and the West Michigan Whitecaps of minor league baseball. And I think that's probably the first time those have ever been used in the same sentence. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, right? But and I'm wondering, when you look back on those experiences, you thought, oh, sports entertainment, this, this is the way to go. What was it about those that really started to get you interested in a career that way? Yeah, great question. So it actually started before that. Um, as a kid growing up, uh, I was in theater, arts, music, and playing sports. And I you were a theater that... kid and a sports kid. Oh yeah, I nerded out on the theater side and <laughs> uh, went and was a competitive beast uh, on the tennis courts Yikes. as best as I could. So. No, I was um, exposed to music as an early age. My grandpa played the trumpet. My mom played the piano. Um, so grew up around that. Um, yeah, fell in love with the theater, acting. Um, so there, the whole bit of entertainment, live entertainment and sports. Um, my dad took me to Dodgers spring training camp when I was probably still in diapers. Um, so just grew up around that atmosphere and knew there had to be a way to work in it and at the I can time, make money I, doing this yeah right i was like there's no way i'm gonna sit around doing a nine to five monotonous <laughs> job because i definitely that's that is not something i'm cut out to do um and was very grateful to have just that exposure growing up also living internationally um so you had all this arts and culture and everything around me so when i got to school there wasn't anything such as like sports management um degrees or any of that so it wasn't truly then until those internships that it really started to frame up the direction that I was going to take. And um, thankfully to the great leadership that I had in both of those internships. And it was really the West Michigan Whitecaps internship and their affiliate of the Detroit Tigers that I really discovered that sales uh, was going to be the, the path that I was going to take. Never really thought in a million years that I would be a salesperson, and I still hate saying that word, right? Because I don't, that's really not how I describe myself, but it was, it was there at the West Michigan Whitecaps that I was able to dig my teeth in and I was exposed to pulling tarp, 
to PR, to promotions, to yes, I was Crash the River Rascal, the mascot. A couple you of were times, the mascot. So, I literally took yes. the words right out of my mouth because I thought, yes. like, yo, God, the best thing about minor league baseball <laughs> internships is you get to do everything. And literally. you were the mascot. Yes, I was. I can How still many... smell the stench <laughs> of that costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's like, there's no way you can possibly prepare people. For no. what it's like to be inside a mascot costume on a no. hundred degree day in a, in a minor league baseball season. No, and I may or may not have been a um, mascot costume for our high school once or twice too. So I was. Oh, that's fully, that theater kid in sports crossover again. There, there you go. So I, I was fully prepared to take it on. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So again, it was. Um, I had some incredible individuals that uh, really honed in on that and on that skill set for me to start understanding what it was to do sales and i and yeah. i'm grateful for that so you started it specifically in tick i mean as as i think just about 90 percent of the people involved in sports in any way shape or form ticket sales is kind of where you begin and you know you start with that classic open up the phone book and start mm -hmm. calling names i mean it is it is sales in its purest most distilled example of it right Yes, but yes. it's not how partnership sales necessarily work. So I'm wondering if you can talk about that transition from doing straight up ticket sales to to partnership sales, because it's common for a lot of people. But, you know, the skill set is a little different. So what did you carry forward from ticket sales and what did you have to kind of relearn as you got into the, in doing the partnership side of that equation? Regardless if you're doing 90, 100 calls a day or five meaningful calls a day, yep. it's all about um, your approach and having the confidence to just go for it and believe and be excited about what you're talking about. And that's what I've been very fortunate to do you know, throughout my career is always have really fun um, and really get excited about what it is that I'm speaking to someone else about. What actually there was that interim between the partnership sales from, from just hardcore ticket sales, yellow phone book, there was not the good old World Wide Web Google or any of that. Back in the day. Yeah, right, right. Um, but it was premium hospitality sales. And my, my initial stint at Daytona National Speedway after the Whitecaps allowed me to take that interim step. So now you're selling more premium experiences. I got it, yeah. Right. So now you're starting to tell a story behind what you're selling, you know, not that you're not doing that with season tickets or sweet sales, et cetera, but there's a lot faster grind to that versus now um, these higher ticketed items. So it was now starting to talk about the experiences and getting to know that individual or company and why they needed to step into that particular experience that we were um, selling at that premium hospitality which I believe then those two components allowed me to then take that next step into uh, partnership sponsorship sales because it was the same conversation. It just, again, was just a different process. So it was really those two pieces that really allowed to set that foundation for me to um, continue on. Yeah, that idea of storytelling in sales, particularly as you get away from a widget or a thing, when you start talking about hospitality and partnerships, that ability to infuse stories into that process to help a client who might not be as experienced with sales as you are, really start to understand like the potential 
for what this thing is. And poly sports is like the place where storytelling plays the most fact, right? I mean, that's kind of yeah, the, the gold standard for what it is we're trying to do here. For, for my time at Daytona, um, my first NASCAR racing event was actually in college. Um, and I remember the first time walking up and just what I felt, um, you know, I was obviously already a car person, but being able to feel what I felt and have that experience and just the experience as a whole, I was able to then translate that, you know, and be authentic. And I think that's what goes along with that storytelling is that you have those components and you're not trying to dig something up and try to make some story up that, oh, I grew around, grew up around this and I know how to change the tires and know how much oil every time they take a pit stop. You know, it was just like, this is how I first came into this. And let me share why you need to as well, because the reality was at that time, while NASCAR was booming, and the corporate brands were still coming into that space, there was still that level of saying, hey, there was enough people that had never experienced it before, and you had to, st to walk them to the water, if you will, um, to be able to get there and share that same excitement that I had initially when I had my first step into it. Yeah, there's really no way to prepare someone for what that experience is, that sort of visceral reaction when you, particularly like motorsports, right? Motorsports is yep. so much about the sensory moment when you're at the racetrack and like yes. the sound of the starting of the engine i mean you feel it in your chest so the ability to tell that story and reflect that to uh the people that you're you know pitching to is kind of central to the whole thing but let's Absolutely. let's ex let's extend that a bit right because you know we've been talking a little bit about like racing we're certainly going to get to racing right because that's your your day in and day out but you've created partnerships for everything I can possibly think of, right? I mean, like every aspect, right? Here's here's just a couple of them, right? So, you know, certainly racetracks with international, what was once International Speedway Corporation. Theme parks with with Legoland and, and somewhere my kids just kind of, you know, their eye twitched because they loved that place so much, right? Esports with uh, complexity gaming. Um, and my, you know, personal favorite, Feld Entertainment, which is kind of this, and if your people aren't familiar with Feld, I mean, it's the circus, it's Disney on ice, it's Supercross. I mean, it's it's a lot of big events. And now motorsports with Chip Ganassi. So when you think about that incredible array of experience, right, and history selling so many different things and creating partnerships for so many different things, what does your success in those, what jumps out at you about creating sexual, successful partnerships in all those different categories and things? You, you just said the word creating. It was yeah. the ability to create. And that goes back to what I shared at the beginning of growing up around, you know, the arts and theater and having that exposure and that mm -hmm. creativity aspect. And that's really what drives um, the enthusiasm and uh, if you call it my success in doing partnerships for these different properties, brands, et cetera, um, and being able to visualize or see something that's not there. Um, Cause a lot of times I wasn't selling against a quote, brick and mortar, you know, property, especially at felt. Yes. We went into these incredible arenas and stadiums all over the world, but the product itself was what we were selling against and how that could be activated, you know, at the theme park side, you know, what was beautiful about that as well was, yes, we had the brick and mortar theme park and the experiences that we could create there. But then there was the ability to say, hey, there's an open plot of land over there. What are we doing with that? <laughs> and being able to create <laughs> literally attractions out of that and was really excited to say that I was able to accomplish that with the team there 
at Legoland Florida Resort and everybody being open to those crazy ideas and the partnership making sense. But of course, at the end of the day, we all can have these crazy out of the box ideas, but it has to make sense for you know the the property or the brand that we're we're representing, and then it has to rep- resonate to then to um, the consumers as well. You bring up such a great point. Is when we talk about quite a bit is the um, importance of curiosity in this process, right? Because you talked about it, right? It's all you know, all these ideas, and you can you know you can look at that empty plot of land at Legoland and say, hey, we can create this there and we can do that. But it doesn't really mean anything unless it's connected back to what the partner says they're trying to accomplish. Can you talk a little bit about your own curiosity and how that benefits you in your sales process? The beauty of what I get to do and so many other people that sit in this same seat is that we get to have different types of conversations every single day with different types of categories all over the place. And I feel like I'm just consistently being a student. Mm -hmm. Um, Like earlier today, I had a call with um, another data analytics technology company. You know, your head spins every single time because you learn (laughs) something new. And I by no means am I an expert in any of those. But it's, it's the ability to have a conversation, ask those questions and take people through that process and really have them understand that you're wanting to actually get to know, you know, what it is that ticks for them. Of course, it sounds so simple and the process, but really the, the pure art of just asking like your objectives, your goals, like what works, what doesn't work, what challenges. And they seem such basic questions but that's truly what it is. You're, you're integrating those types of questions into a conversation with somebody um, to extract what it is that then you can come back and say, hey, there's this really amazing platform on our end and I'm gonna walk you through that and we're gonna start framing up what that is, but we're gonna collaborate together on what it ultimately is going to be because at the end of the day, it's gotta be something that they own, right? That they're gonna be excited about. So. That's really a a condensed version because I will say this, and I think anybody out there in the world of sales can raise their hand and agree with me. No two people have the same sales process and it should be that way. And I would hate that if anybody's out there saying you should do exactly this every single time because it's that individuality with each person that's selling that is going to have their own pieces. Now, obviously there's, you know, processes of starting and closing and all that other, you know, stuff that's, that has to come along with it. But, you know, that individuality of what you bring to the table throughout that is really what um, can resonate with a partner. I mean, you've, you've brought up like some of the most fundamental core aspects of what success looks like in this kinds of partnership endeavors, right? I mean, you talked about storytelling. We just talked about curiosity you just messed and you've mentioned actually a couple times now authenticity right your own excitement and reality and sort of that practical nature so people know that you really are enthusiastic about what it is you're selling that belief in product um but then ultimately there's that there's the, the fun part which you just mentioned right it's that it's there's create this is problem solving and it's coming up with okay they're trying to accomplish this what can i do at this property what can i create at this property to be able to do and i think that's when when we look at it from how well, how we do it too. That's really the fun part is trying to figure out how all those different pieces can fit together. So Absolutely. yeah, it's uh, always good to hear. I think what's rattling around up inside my head spoken by someone who knows what they're actually talking about. So, so thank you for that. <laughs> most of the time, most of the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Spend time, yeah, time to make it. 
<laughs> All right. So, you know, let's talk a little bit more about motorsports, right? Because you've got your your dad worked at GM. You've got motor oil in your veins. This is this is <laughs> not new ground to you by any stretch of the imagination. You grew up around cars. I mean, was working in motorsports always the goal? Or was this something that was relative just sort of end up that way? It was not the goal. Um, it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic because my dad was an executive with GM for 37 years. And wow. Uh, yeah, it was he had an incredible career with them. Um, Self-made guy, just pure hard work. And that's what I learned from him. Right. There was no handouts. Didn't matter you know, who you were, what your title was. It was head down, work hard um, and keep and keep growing. And that was that was definitely instilled in me. But um, I did. I grew up around cars and just had a love for them because of that, because of everything I was exposed to through that. But no, I, I, the reality was I wasn't taken to races growing up, even though dirt track racing is in my um, family blood as well out of Indiana, which is incredible. Some pretty notable accomplishments in the dirt track racing, but again, didn't grow up around it. Um, and like I got exposed to my first race because my sister actually worked in racing uh, first. This and is a family business now. It's kind of crazy, but she's no longer, well, she, now I say that she's no longer in racing, but she's still in cars. She's on the automotive side, on the dealership side now, um, the marketing end. So, um, but she was, it was as a result of that, of her being at ISC in a different division at the time okay. that allowed me to go to my first Daytona 500. And that was truly in college. I think it was my junior year was my first time ever to a racing event. That's um, crazy. You have a dad yeah. who works at GM, a sister who works yeah. in the business, a family history in dirt track racing, and you don't get to a racetrack until you're a junior in college? Well, it, so maybe like take a couple steps back. I was a kid <laughs> living in Spain and I went to not a lot of dirt track race. racing there for sure. Yeah, it's over there. So I did go to a race, but I think again, it was just the, the cars. I, I didn't. And here's a great piece and why I'm so passionate about being back in this sport is I didn't know of the opportunities on the business side mm. to get into motorsports, right? That wasn't really being exposed. But ultimately, the reason why, you know, outside of my sister being there, and it's always talking about small world, when I was at the West Michigan Whitecaps, our, the VP of sales there, John Guthrie, got tapped to go be the VP of sales at Daytona National Speedway. And when that got announced, um, I went and slapped my resume down on his desk and I was like, take me with you. I mean, obviously there was a process that went through that, but it's again, it's just always a unique storyline of how you end up uh, where you do. But I definitely did not grow up going to the racetracks. Well, that's another thing too, right? Follow good people, right? You yes. know, if you, if you, if you find people, mentors, bosses in an industry, there's such value and we had this conversation the last time uh, on the previous podcast with um, Megan Eisenhardt of Learfield. You know, it, 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 she described it as it used to be a corporate ladder. You know, you try to climb the corporate ladder, but she reflected it's like it's actually more like a jungle gym. You, you know, you, can, you go sideways, you go in, you go out, you go backwards. But one of the things that I think is always so valuable is the idea that you follow people that you know, respect and are offering you the opportunities to excel at your job and are and encouraging you to do so. So clearly that's something you found with the white caps and the move over to Daytona. So that was sort of began the progression. Yeah, absolutely. And quite frankly, it's carried out and throughout my entire career. So it's a testament to that. And that's something that I 
I pound my chest, you know, when I get to talk to college students or just starting out the importance of your network and going back yeah. to what we touched upon early, that authenticity of being authentic through those connections and not reaching out just because you need something, but you know, that you're, you're developing those relationships meaningfully. Um, and that's hard. I mean, that that in itself is a full-time job, you know, keeping up with folks um, outside of your day-to-day job. I mean, it's called network for a reason, right? I mean, it, there Absolutely. is effort that goes into it and gosh, that's like such incredibly valuable counsel, right? You never just reach out to someone when you need something, make sure that you are engaged with them on a regular basis. Cause who knows what's going on in their day-to-day too, that you can actually goes back to curiosity, right? In those kinds of conversations, what else are you going to learn about that person, business, or category that you might have not known before that you can add into the mix that's going to help you going forward? And uh, that's just sort of adds to the all the perspective of successful business development and sales going forward. Gosh, we're getting so many. Like, we should write a textbook or something like that. (laughs) Do people still, I don't know, do people even still use textbooks? Is that even still a thing? I doubt there is a lot of books out there, especially on selling. um, For So, yeah. That's a fair point. That is yes. a fair point. All right, maybe we shouldn't write a textbook. Maybe that's no, no, no. I think there's enough out there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the other thing we want to talk about, right? Because, you know, if, if sports, for obvious reasons, has always been considered a male-dominated industry, right? That's kind of because it is, has been. And if that's the case, then motorsports is kind of like that on steroids, right? It's sort of much greater degree. That's been the history of it. And when we first spoke, you mentioned that you were – one of the only female executives on a full-time biz dev role on the team side of IndyCar. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about being a woman in executive in motorsports. And then what's, what, how do you feel about things and where they're headed, right? Is representation getting better? What still needs to happen? Can you, can you share some of your thoughts about that? Absolutely. One thing that um, I love about Chip Ganassi and how he runs his organization is he chooses individuals that are qualified for the roles right Mm. it doesn't matter what you look like you know your gender etc it's are you qualified are you the right person so but the fact that there's the door that's been swung open by by many before me to be able to have this opportunity is is fantastic but yes it has always been known as a male-dominated sport um but there are incredible strides that are happening on the back end and um and as we speak right now to change that that narrative Mm -hmm. Um, and it's happening in real time. So you have incredible women within the motorsports world, like Lynn St. James and Beth Parada, who's a a team owner and launched an all female team in the IndyCar League, which is absolutely amazing. That's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's just so many of women like them and males alike that are allies to changing this narrative as well, which is, which is incredible to see. And it's, it's, there's, there's many things that have changed. And one thing that I'm really proud of too at Chip Ganassi Racing is our team. We've had this incredible partnership with PNC Bank Mm -hmm. and PNC has been around with us for quite some time um, aligned with Scott Dixon and next month, we start our first women in motorsports internship program at oh. Chip Ganassi Racing. So um, I believe there's five uh, females that are coming in, and each of them have different focuses, one being PR, one in engineering, et cetera. So really excited you know, for that type of program to be launching. And 
and trust me, that's just one of many programs that are already in place or launching amongst teams, amongst the series, amongst just grassroots efforts. And it's it's really exciting to see what's what's transpiring. And that's kind of what it takes too, right? Is paying attention to it and right. making the effort. And I think sometimes we we get concerned that we're running the risk of just kind of putting spackle on an issue and things mm -hmm. like that. Checking a but box. Check the box, right? Okay. Hey, we got our, you know, this is just a, not a relevant example, but like, hey, we got an Earth Day event. We're sustainable, right? Oh, you know, we've got, you know, this thing. We got a, you know, Women in Motorsports Day. Yeah, we've checked that box. But what you're talking about, right, the, the providing opportunity for people to get a real true sense of what the industry is, where that opportunity may not have existed previous is kind of central to the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. Getting their, their career started in that regard. I'm wondering if like, have you in the start of your career in a business development role and where you are now, I'm wondering as you engage people and you're having meetings and things like that, have you felt that attitude shift as being a, a woman in that particular business development role? It's shifting. I mean, it still happens. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. sit here and, you know, talk fluff. And, and when I walk in with a male colleague that the conversation doesn't start all focused there, but it, it doesn't happen as often anymore. And again, it's because we have an incredible team and we're a flat organization. Yeah. And um, honestly, titles don't matter. Everybody comes together at the end of the day to get the work done. But I definitely have a passion point for the revenue generating side of positions for the world of motorsports. There's, trust me, there's a, there's an army of a female contingency that's within motorsports doing incredible things across right. the board, marketing, PR, human resources. Um, it, it's, it's a dynamic group and there's definitely individuals on the revenue side as well. I just wish there were there were more, right? You see it happening in stick and ball sports. You can go across the entire yeah. place and stick and ball and see that. So I know that's going to continue to come as the opportunities uh, open up. But I also think it's my job and other females within the industry to allow folks and females to say, hey, well, I'd rather go to this NFL team to say, well, wait, why don't you look over here as well to motor sports? Yeah, wait, don't go. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to have grown up around it. I did, right? right? Like yeah, yeah. around cars again. Like I, but it's it's different growing up around cars versus a racetrack. And um, so yeah, so that's definitely a passion point for for me as well because I think there's there's storytelling can come from all different angles, and I and I think that regardless of male or female, um, you know, everyone can do an excellent job. But I definitely think there's an opportunity for more females to come into this type of role. I mean, you're now sort of in that position of, you know, quote unquote executive, right? You know, you're, you're sort of up the food chain now. Do you find that women coming to you seeking entry into the industry are coming in greater numbers? Is, are they coming with a greater set of experiences and expectations? I mean, what's it like now? So as someone who was once the seeker has become the sought in that regard, are you enthusiastic about what you're hearing and seeing? Uh, well, I, I appreciate that. I still feel like I have many years of experience to get under my belt. Okay, <laughs> but, fair enough. But I, I also will say, you know, for the 20 years that I've invested thus far, um, it's wonderful to have the amount of reach outs that have happened, whether it's from LinkedIn, you know, individuals I don't have any connections with or college or people starting out. Yes, I think there's definitely a greater appetite for that. And I think, too, because of these new platforms that have launched, like Women in Motorsports North America that Lynn St. James and Beth Prada yeah. just announced yesterday, 
being a pathway for females um, to discover new opportunities. So I think, you know, between myself and the other army of individuals that are in this, this, this arena, there, there's definitely a greater understanding and a greater, yeah, greater understanding for, for, for individuals to find a way to get here and to have those conversations to, to start their own path. Now, now, so a big part of your job is surrounds IndyCar, right? Correct. And, you know, clearly F1 is kind of having a moment right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> I believe that's called a rueful chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, you know, you go back to the Netflix series, Drive to Survive and everything like that is sort of propping that up. I mean, can you see that enthusiasm spilling over into IndyCar? And, and how is how are you trying to take advantage of this moment? Let me just clarify my, my little chuckle. It was just because it, this is a <laughs> daily conversation I'm having. Darn it, I wanted to ask original questions. <laughs> my personal life and professional life. No, but, but, but the beauty of me sharing that is people are talking about motorsports. Yeah. It goes back to your previous questions about, you know, people seeking out opportunities and are, has ch things changed. Yes, because everyone is talking about motorsports. Yes, this F1 show drive to survive in my opinion i don't have statistics or facts but you know it that's is not going to stop us right it, it, <laughs> don't facts get in the way um <laughs> it is obviously making a dent and yeah. creating new eyeballs and that is good for everyone within the ecosystem of motorsports now it's then up to the respective series or individuals then to capitalize on that. And yeah. I think that's what everyone is doing. I mean, my gosh, IndyCar, the trajectory that we've been on um, just over the last couple of years is unbelievable from viewership. Just over the last three races that we've had, we've broken records with viewership on NBC. From last year, we're up 37% in viewership. Um, and that's just from a TV standpoint. So. It's incredible the viewership that has increased just in IndyCar, but everyone is seeing that. I just saw some stats on NASCAR as well with their viewership. It is, again, it's just, everything is blowing up. So yes, the F1 component coming here to North America has been beneficial for everyone um, because it's creating a larger spotlight for just motorsports in general to tell their stories in a bigger spotlight. Do you find yourself engaging with companies, categories, brands that you've never talked with before because of that? Hey, we should need to check out open and racing or we need to check out motorsports because clearly people are, to your point, more eyeballs are headed that way. So are you feeling that that sort of elevated rush on the partnership side as well? I wouldn't say that there's there's new conversations and new categories. I think everyone's talking to everyone, but there's a lot more reception when you're doing cold reach outs, especially to talk about motorsports because of the F1 dynamic, because of drive to survive, or just the fact that because motorsports is really everywhere right now and, and always has been, but really has a greater spotlight on it, that there's just a, a more receptive end to be able to have a conversation and to start an exploration around Chip Ganassi racing and not just IndyCar, but our entire platform since we race in three different series. Well, I, I'm interested in what you think. I'm trying to figure out the right way to phrase this question, right? What, what do you wish the sponsors, the brands, your partners knew about your job? Right. Because we often talk about 
you know, I've had several conversations with people on the brand side saying, hey, you know, what, what do you wish you could share with, you know, people who are in, jo- in, in charge of business development? And they've had some great responses, right? You know, and some of which we've even talked in today tangentially. Flip the script. I mean, what do you wish brands knew about your job and how to create successful partnerships? Well, first and foremost, you know, we're very lucky to be a winning organization. We are 14 time champions in the IndyCar. And a lot of people think that's just an easy shoe in to close a deal. Uh, It definitely (laughs) helps uh, to be able to represent a winning organization. But I think for for those, I mean, it's a great question for those sitting on the other side of the table, peering into my side that they know that there is a from from my perspective, at least I'm just speaking for myself, is that there is a this is a genuine nonstop effort. This is what I do all day long. And I get told no a lot. (laughs) And yeah, I'm not going to sit here and people are like, oh, you have to have thick skin and get the no. Like it still stings when you get told no. I don't care how long you've been doing this job. No, you invest yourself into the into the job, into the process. And absolutely. Yeah, I get it. Yes. And more so than not, um, it's interesting that a lot of brands and companies don't want to tell you no, and they'll drag you along this process. And I wish they would just upfront be like, we're going to stop this now. So you're not holding on to that little tiny bit of hope that that door still a quick no is better than a thousand maybes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Move on. Unbelievable. (laughs) No, I get it. And I I appreciate all that, right? That's such a, um, it's such a valuable thing for people to understand. Like, just it's I'm trying I won't take it personally but I you know you're going to help me if you can come to a decision on this sooner than later so that idea of I think I've even heard it rephrased it's like you know you want to get to know you, yeah. you 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 want to hear the no so that you can move on to the next person that might be a yes versus right. circling back every 3 weeks to find out what's going on uh, this week and have you made any forward progress whatsoever? Not that any of us have ever fallen into that particular rabbit hole. <laughs> and that's on me, right? That's that's the responsibility of my role to ensure that I'm being very clear and concise in my communication and that there's that quick trust factor that's in place that you're not going to hurt my feelings. I don't want to be too blunt, but at the same token that we have that candid of a conversation, just say, hey, is this even in the realm of possibility knowing these are traditionally the investments to start looking at something like this? And I, I'm pretty upfront with that, um, especially in the world of motorsports and especially within IndyCar and, and F1, the investments to come in are pretty significant. Right. So let's not start down this road if you can't even begin to walk towards what I'm going to be asking you. Correct. Let's establish that on the front end. Let's sticker set some parameters. Shock is not sticker shock is not fun to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, not when you're shopping for a new car or whether you're yeah. shopping for a, a, a motorsports partnership. Ashley Correct. Chalk, this has been uh, such a valuable conversation on so many levels, and I, you know, so thankful that you could spend the time sharing your experiences um, on all, you know, for for the entire history that you have of creating partnerships. But before before I let you go, I am going to place you into the lightning round. Oh boy. Now, so I should, everybody listening should probably know that, you know, when we're, when we're preparing these podcasts, right, we sort of go back and forth over what we want to talk about and frame out some questions just so everybody understands the conversation can be as fluid and smooth as possible. The lightning round, however, uh, this is nothing that Ashley has ever seen before. So, you know, the answers are obviously going to be quick. Uh, they are, hence the name lightning round, um, and hopefully informative as to, um, 
to get you to better know Ashley Chalk. All right, so Ashley Chalk, are you ready for the lightning round? Let's do it. All right, ready? Finish this sentence. IndyCar is the better than NASCAR because? We go faster. No, oh, easy, right. Okay, what car do you drive now? A Z06 Corvette. Okay, what car do you wish you drove now? A 1969 Camaro. Oh, God, great answer. What's the most impressive car repair you've ever done by yourself? Watching AAA do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm uh, the same. Uh, favorite racetrack and why? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I have to say Daytona National Speedway. It was my first track. That was my home track. Um, it's it's incredible. It, it's, it's Daytona International Speedway. It's motorsports. Correct. Pretty much what it is. Okay, best ride at Legoland. Oh, that is a great question. Um, flying school. Roller flying coaster. school? Okay, mm -hmm. duly noted. Uh, you are a noted hot sauce enthusiast. How hot is too hot? Um, well, um, it has happened and it was with a substantial ghost pepper that, um, I thought that it was necessary to add to one of my meals and I literally could not feel my tongue. I don't care about sweating, um, and having like, okay. it being really hot, but I could not feel my tongue. Okay. So sweating, not, not a problem. Right. Tongue numbness, definitely a problem. When you can't talk anymore, that's a problem. Okay, that's too hot. Okay, <laughs> last one. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Oh, traveling and writing for uh, a travel type publication. Um, there's just so many beautiful places around the world that I've yet to see. And I've been fortunate to see a lot of them, but it would definitely be something around traveling. Okay, Ashley Chalk, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. And uh, what a fun conversation. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this ADC Partners podcast. For more information about ADC Partners, please visit our website at adcpartners.com.